At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Um, we're going to get right into this, um, you know, no intro or extended intro or anything like that. I'm joined by Chad Finn of the Boston Globe and we wanted to turn something around quickly to talk about ESPN's coverage of Buffalo Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin collapsing on the field in Cincinnati on Monday night. Um, it's one of the worst nights not just in NFL history, in, in, in sports history. Um, it was it was really hard to watch. Um, as we're taping this, DeMar Hamlin is still in critical condition in a Cincinnati hospital after he um, went into cardiac arrest. Obviously, it goes without saying uh, that we wish him a speedy recovery. And uh, if prayers are part of your life... Uh, I'm sure he could use them. Chad, I bring you in now. Um, I think the way I want to do this is just to do it chronologically. Uh, it seems like it'd be sort of the easiest thing to to do. You know, I was watching the game, as you were, and I think we both sort of watched uh, the game uh, and a lot of the post game with Scott Van Pelt. What sort of was really, I don't know, when you think about this now in hindsight, it, what was so stark is that ESPN was very giddy before this game started because they knew they had like a you know an AFC championship type of game and I remember just like you know Susie Culber and Steve Young and and everybody Schefter everybody in that pregame man they were just like almost joyous uh, about like the good fortune that they had so I'll sort of just start there that like before before we got into got into what happened with DeMar Hamlin, I think as a fan, you're just thinking, man, this is going to be one of the great games of the year and maybe the best Monday Night Football game of the year. Yeah, you know, from from our standpoint, Richard, when you have a game like that, you you as media writers, you start thinking about what the numbers might be beforehand. Um, it felt like one of the games of the year. I mean, doesn't get much better than Joe Burrow against Josh Allen. And uh, uh, it's uh, felt like the magnitude of a game that, Monday night football didn't always get the last few years. And now you have Buck and Aikman in there and the, the games, uh, those games have 
a greater priority, a bigger feel to them now this season. And uh, in a way, this kind of felt like the capper to that going into it. So a lot of anticipation for this one and uh, a lot of uh, thought about how many people might be tuning in to watch, which, of course, took a little bit of a different turn. Okay, so the play happens, and uh, it looks like at least upon um, you know upon the initial play that it's you know it's it's just a it's a play in the NFL, a successful play. Um, Player is tackled. Uh, Demar Hamlin makes the tackle, gets up, and then goes back down. Um, initially, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Uh, acknowledged or sort of, I think we're on fairly quickly that, okay, who's, who's, who's on the ground. I think I remember Buck saying, uh, or Aikman saying, I think it's Hamlin. He's on the ground. And if I remember correctly, right, they go to break. So at that point, you, you don't really have any kind of feel yet as a viewer, the severity of this, right? You just think it's a player who's down, knock on wood. By the time they get back from commercial, he's going to be up. We've seen it so many times, right? Um, it's sort of the, it's callous, but it's their standard protocol for when somebody gets hurt and uh, looks like it might be serious, but you don't really know yet is like go to a quick break and they come back and hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a situation where they address that the guy was helped off the field, left the field on his own and you get back to football and forget about it. That's, uh, that's kind of the way it usually works. And with this, if I remember right, uh, I should probably turn it on and my DVR here, uh, but they showed it and they cut to Zach Miller and then they came back and he was down. Um, and then they went to the commercial and they came back. And when they came back, you knew, uh, you know, this was uh, not an ordinary thing. Yeah. So they, they go to break after the play. They, they then show two initial replays before going to commercial. And if you watch those replays, those were hard to watch. I, I rewatched it this morning when I was writing uh, my piece for The Athletic. You could hear Troy Aikman audibly react when Hamlin falls backward on the ground next to the official. Did he really? Then, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Then come the shots of anguished players, players praying. And and Buck says, there's nothing to say right now. Yeah. We'll take another break and be and be right back. So right there to me. Um, and let's now get into Buck and Aikman and Lisa Salters, who I thought was just extraordinarily um, human. I, I don't know. The, yeah, you're human. And just, uh, you know, th- it really, this is where it pays to have professionals on a broadcast. I think Buck and Aikman instantly sensed that this was really bad. Um, obviously, you know, when the ambulance is on the field, you know that. But like the, the they changed the tone of the broadcast um, immediately. Smart. Yeah, immediately, smartly, and that's when I think you, as a viewer, like, oh man, this is this isn't like a, yeah. um, oh shit, you know, another, uh, yeah, this is right. This is not a, this is not another injury. This is something, um, this is something really extraordinarily bad. And then, if I remember right, Salters is letting the audience know that Bills players are struggling, they're weeping. Um, to me. Um, I, the thing I appreciated particularly about Buck and Aikman, this is one I want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, very um, hard not to speculate, right? Not to start guessing as to what happened. Not to start pretending. Uh, pretending is the wrong word. Not not to start thinking you're an expert on um, on medicine and and injuries. Yeah, they did a phenomenal job of just like looking at the field, 
repeating what they saw and offering like the somber tones to this. Yes. And they, yeah, they did it coming in and out of several breaks. There were three or four uh, breaks where they left and came back and he was still being treated on the field. And um, I give both of them a lot of credit for just not feeling like they needed to fill the, the empty airtime there. Uh, Eggman went a long time without saying anything. And Correct. Uh, Buck, you, you've mentioned not speculating. I wrote about the, not to get ahead of ourselves here, uh, but I wrote about the, Van Pelt and Ryan Clark. And that to me was what they did as well. Uh, that was just really one of the exceptional things. And one of the really disciplined things was that they didn't guess it, uh, uh, you know, what had happened, what he was suffering. Uh, they, they just talked it out like normal human beings and really, uh, and this applies to Buck and Aikman as well as pretty much everybody else who was involved in the broadcast. Um, along the way they talked it out in a way that was really relatable to what we were feeling watching at home um and i if you give them the benefit of the doubt on a couple of things because of just the absolutely untenable cir circumstances that they were in trying to navigate uh, a potential tragedy uh incredible tragedy um i think they handled it uh buck and aikman and on down the line as well as you possibly could have yeah, we'll get to the studio because I, I do. I want to spend a lot of time on that. Me too. Um, the um, so you're you're yeah you're 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 incredibly accurate about what you said, or at least I agree with you on um, on Buck and Aikman. And again, I really want to point out just how important it was to have Lisa Salters on the sideline, who again just reported what she saw with her eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, no speculation. Lisa Salters has a very long and distinguished career. When it comes to investigative reporting, uh, you know, in in the in the sports world, and this is where having someone like that on the sideline is really, really valuable. Um, sideline reporters, Chad, you know this. You've written about them as long as I have. They take a lot of bullshit yeah, because they think it's just. I think too many viewers just think like, oh, they show up just to do a halftime interview or a post game interview or pre game interview. The good ones. Two words from so Belichick running off the field. Right. Yeah. The good ones. The good ones provide. <laughs> so much information to the booth that one you never see and two the really really good ones um are invaluable when it comes to a situation like this and that um that was lisa salters the one thing and i think this will ultimately sort of be i don't know we'll, we'll figure out what happened was joe buck said on multiple occasions right the players had five minutes to warm up citing the league we saw joe burrow starting to warm up um early tuesday morning the league never considered resuming play Monday night. So you sort of wonder if somehow information was given to the broadcast about like the procedure of, okay, if this game is like stopped or suspended, you know, the traditionally they have five minutes to, um, to warm up and get going again. But obviously at a certain point, as we all saw with our eyes, like the players, the coaches had made a decision, like, you know, we're not emotionally equipped to play this game anymore, nor should they. I mean, I think anybody right. who had any you kind see of Josh Allen's face or Tredavious White. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I get there's a lot Diggs. of people on Twitter who, who who just will tweet out contrarian stuff. If you have any kind of humanity, like, I don't know how you could have ever thought that these guys could play right. anymore. Like, once that happened, that game was over, and they sh you, you got to – you have to let these guys just get out of there. Um, so, 23 minutes after the injury – 
ESPN announces on air the game's been sus- suspended. Um, Buck and Aikman are letting people know that the players now and the coaches will drive what happened. Buck and Aikman, to their credit again, said it was the right call. So they're sort of going out there to say this is how things should be handled. So once again, I I respect that those two, I think, understood the um, severity of the moment. I thought ESPN, This is one. we'll do this one last part before we get to the studio. I really thought they were judicious and smart. Um, so this goes to uh, Phil Dean and um, uh, Jimmy Platt, the um, the producer and director of uh, Monday Night Football, just about like being n- not not one not showing million replays of this, two shooting wide shots of the field yeah. and not really getting cl- so close up in the in the players' faces. I mean, even even that ambulance, you never got a close up of the ambulance, right? You got everything was sort of wide. And in distance, and I, I don't know. I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm one who would never. I don't crush uh, productions if they sort of show multiple replays. I think that's news and part of the story. I do think on this one, though, I think they made the right call in terms of distance was the the smart play. Here. Well, I can't remember if Buck said it during, uh, during kind of the waiting part. Um, you know that kind of purgatory, but. Uh, or whether it was when he was on with SVP after, but he mentioned that they had monitors where they could kind of see a little bit better about what was going on in the booth. And uh, okay. um, he, they made they made a conscious decision not to uh, show more uh, very clearly, um, and obviously that was the right thing to do. Uh, you know, we're all talking about the broadcasters today if you go on social media and how everybody handled it uh but i'm glad you noted the the way the the production team and and uh, the directors again in real time they're making these decisions uh the, the the grace with which they dealt with those circumstances where um you could certainly see in other times other situations where maybe they uh you know maybe a a different different broadcast team different production team would have decided to uh see what they could see uh, rather than handling it with the uh, you know the class that they did this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so there are points, obviously, in the broadcast where they go back to the studio, um, which I had mentioned earlier, and that's Susie Kolber, Adam Schefter, and Booger McFarland. And this is where I thought um, Booger McFarland was pretty extraordinary. He yep. um, He's the lead of my column. I, I talked to him as we're taping this on Tuesday, January 3rd. I talked to him this morning. He was on the plane in Tampa. He was cool enough to just, we just sort of had long text exchange with, um, with each other. And again, Chad, I just, I thought um, he... As a former defensive lineman and a guy who really, you know, sort of dealt with the violence of this game, 
um, he understood what was going on. Like you just saw in his face, the anguish, like he knew immediately how bad this yeah. was. And, um, it, um, I really just appreciated what he provided me as a, uh, as a viewer. And, and I thought, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to compliment somebody because of how awful what they're talking about. But I, I don't know. I just, I was glad he was there and I'm, um, I've always known him to be a thoughtful guy. And I think millions of people saw that last night. Yeah. I, I, there was a, a lot extraordinary about what he did. Um, honestly, I, I think he picked up the slack a little bit for, for some of his, uh, other panelists, which you, you can't really fault anybody for that. It's an incredibly difficult situation, but uh, I thought Schefter kind of ran out of things to say. Um, you know, he kept going back to the word chilling, but uh, didn't have really anything to elaborate on. Um, uh, just, I, I understand it, but he didn't seem all that, uh, all that able to deliver, uh, you know, a poignant, in-depth thoughts in that situation and, and Booger did. And, uh, he also gets, uh, you know, uh, a, a tip of the cap or whatever you want to call it from me for being the first one to really say that they shouldn't be playing the game, that that game should not continue. He, I think it was around nine forty nine forty five. He said, we're done playing football tonight. We're done. Let's make the call. And before that, I was kind of surprised nobody on ESPN, blatantly said it uh came out flat out said it like that Aikman came close he said I don't know how these players I think he says I don't know how these players can come out and play or uh, very close to that if not exact to the word Uh, Booger was the adamant one and as soon as I mentioned it before as soon as I saw Josh Allen's face uh uh, tears rolling down his eyes looking completely shell-shocked before you saw Stefan Diggs before you saw some of the other uh, Bill's players that was what told me that this this game cannot go on no matter what the situation is with Hamlin that uh, uh, you can't ask these guys to to go back out there and play a football game after seeing whatever what a what they just saw and uh, I give Booger a lot of credit for being the first person to really speak up and say that yeah I'll tell you what he told me this morning he said we were sitting in the green room eating dinner when we got word we need we're needed back on the set as I'm walking toward the set, my only thought was, what exactly do they want us to say? That's all Adam Schefter and I were thinking. I've hit people and been hit so many times on that field, and to see play, and to see that play out there where we are watching life and death play out on national television is an uncomfortable feeling. When I saw the look on the trainers and doctors' faces, I knew this was different. Then you hear they're doing CPR, which means he's having difficulty breathing. All I could think about was life or death for this young man. That is something I never thought would happen on an NFL field. So he, he right, he he. I think he, as a former player, really understood this, you know, what was happening. It's not to say that Susie Colbert and Adam Schefter didn't, but, you know, he's the one who sort of, he's been on that field and he understands it. I thought, again, in unprecedented, extraordinary circumstances, I thought, um, I thought Colbert, um, again, at least sort of let viewers know, um, that what really could you say, right? Other than just that you're you're praying for this guy to 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 be okay. It's um, really hard to avoid yeah, being trapped in those situations. And, and it, yeah, well, I was gonna say, Chad, you're not really wrong. Like in the sense, I didn't mean to. I was just gonna say, like that. Um, 
at a certain point, like you do, you, you do run out of things to say without new information, right? So they they probably do end up in some way repeating the same points. That's why. I mean, I don't know if that's your segue, but that's why I think SVP and Clark were so extraordinary because they didn't. So, so let's get to them. So the you know eventually, um, Colber, McFarland, and Schefter. You know, it, it goes back to Buck and Aikman to sort of end the broadcast. And then it goes to Scott Van Pelt, who is hosting SportsCenter. And he starts off with Lisa Salters, who, again, is just incredibly thoughtful. And, uh, uh, you know, reporting again what she sees with her eyes. Very, very valuable reporting. You could tell the emotion in her voice when she's reporting. Can I ask you a question about stuff. that? I saw sure. it on Twitter. Yep. I can't remember who said it last night, but uh, I wish I did. But it somebody mentioned that that is uh, – her emotion and uh, clearly fighting back tears um, is valuable that uh, you, it's reporters you. should mean, be able to do this. And I think particularly on the news side, they're not. And it, it's okay. It, I, I mean, maybe even it should be encouraged. And uh, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about that because it seems like without- if you see someone, if you, if you see someone in front of you, Right. Like get taken off like that. Someone who obviously no one is praying. We are praying for the opposite. But but someone whose life may end or just ended in front of you. You don't know how on earth. I mean, unless I don't know, I guess there are some people who like could be emotionless for that. But like, I, I don't know how you could sort of see that report on the game, know the players who you've been talking to and not have some kind of emotion. Um, you still got to be a professional on camera. I get that. You got to still sort of get the, get ultimately what you want to say out to the public. But yes, I, I'm with you. I've never subscribed to the whole like tough guy, like, um, you know, you, you have to be emotionless when, um, when reporting the news, it's, it's just, it's all bullshit. Like that's, you know, like you, you should feel how you feel. And I think the authenticity ultimately you are rewarded by the the audience. What what an audience really hates most, I think, is just hypocrisy or performativeness, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that people don't like. I I don't think you're ever fined for being human on air. I just like my take at least. Yeah. No. I I don't know. Maybe it's more of a news side thing, but uh, with you know all the tragedy in the world that feels like we have to deal with maybe more often than ever. I don't know. It, uh, it's okay to be a little bit more human. And I was happy to see it out of, uh, you know, people who were doing their job professionally, but also, uh, you know, clearly were feeling the, the magnitude of the moment. So why don't you take us through um, how you viewed the extended conversation between Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think one of the, probably the most impressive thing to me we mentioned it before was that they didn't speculate they just uh they they conversed about uh and ryan obviously has an advantage there because he played safety in the nfl for 13 years he was a uh, very hard hitter who uh, go on youtube and see you can find easily find situations where he had to be helped off the field beyond that he had a, a life and death experience in mile high stadium in 2000 seven because he has a sickle cell trait and, and couldn't be in high altitudes, which he, he found out uh, in a terrifying way. Uh, so 
he talked uh, a little bit about how teammates told him they thought he was dying on the field. And uh, there are very, very few people uh, who have that experience who can maybe relate to uh, what was happening at that situ- in that situation. But beyond that, um, Van Pelt, he, he let him talk. And there's, there's a minute 37 clip of, of Ryan on uh, all over the place on social media where he gets into, reminds people to think about Hamlin's family, that his mom was there, that he has a little brother, that um, he talks about his own situation with what he's, he went through on the field. And he, he uh, just gets a little bit uh a little bit deeper into uh, sort of the warrior mentality of football players where they talk about, I'm ready to die for this and it's time to go to war and all those things. But uh, sometimes you hear those cliches and you forget that there's a really terrifying side of football where things like this can happen on the field. And I just thought he was incredibly poignant Um, beyond that. He didn't stumble or say, you know, or (laughs) anything like that. It was, he was incredibly, uh, polished television personality on top of the authenticity of what he was saying. And I've always, I, I wrote in my column, you know, when I see Ryan Clark come on, generally my, my response is good. I'm glad Ryan Clark's on. Uh, that was particularly so last night. And he uh, just could not have been uh, more compassionate, caring, thoughtful, insightful, all those things in that moment. And uh, Vim Pelt drew it out of him and he, he, he let him go too. That's well said, and um, it does show you, right, that, like, it's so important to make, like, smart choices when these things um, happen. And, and when I say, like, these things, like, unforeseen uh, news events or tragedy. And, you know, Ryan Clark, and not surprising with Scott Van Pelt, but Ryan Clark made the network look good. Yes, his that's a great point. And his, his humanity. And... You know, ESPN over the years, like they have had a lot of people who come on during breaking news and do that. They've also made some terrible decisions, like having some former players being put in like really bad situations where they just were not equipped for this. But last night, like everybody who was in place, like on air, like really, I don't know, they just they provided to me like a human element, like they were real people. You know, like they weren't television people, like they were real people. I understand they're on television and television in some ways is sort of performance art, but that's what I appreciated. And I give a lot of credit to the people behind the scenes at Van Pelt show. Um, you know, those, the top three producers are Mike McQuaid, Diego Longa and Marco Alfandari. And so, um, you know, there's, there's always people behind the scenes when it comes to, to this kind of stuff. Uh, the studio for Booger McFarlane, Susie Colbert, Adam Schefter, uh, Seth Markman, coordinating producer Matt Garrett, producer Greg Shapiro. You know, you need, Chad, um, you need smart people behind the scenes who understand sort of what's happening news-wise and then make smart decisions in terms of who to bring on. And... I thought ESPN did that. You know, I didn't. I, I know Stephen A was on. <laughs> I, was I didn't watch say. it, to be honest. Yeah, no, it's no offense to him. I just, I didn't do it. And, you know, they're going to bring Stephen A on all the time. He's their most famous on air person or their, you know, the face that runs the place, like outside of Buck and Aikman. So they want to get his voice on there. And he's got a lot of juice. So At I least they didn't do it first. You know, 
Yeah, I'm not gonna like to to spend time on it. And by the way, you might have been super thoughtful. I, I just I didn't see it. That was but, when um, I uh, turned on the YouTube uh, DVR and and went to bed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I again though, like it's the one thing I would say, and as you're listening to this, it's like as a viewer, like pay attention to who like these networks. By the way, this is the same in news too. Like who they bring on, because like the producers are the ones making these choices, and like they can dictate. Like, what kind of coverage you want. You know, one of the great things about, like, ESPN's World Cup coverage, like, back in the day was, like, you know, it was, like, Bob Lee. And then, you know, they'd bring on, like, the next thoughtful person to discuss, like, Brazil or South Africa. And then the next thoughtful person yeah. to do that. And um, not everything has to be, like, sobering. And I get it. Like, there's always going to be a place for, um, you know, debate and, and, and sort of you know, other kind of shows like, like if you want to be like, it's like, this is when like the adults have to walk into the room. And, and so I was, I was really impressed, uh, by them. You know, I, 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 you know, in some eras it's fashionable to rip ESPN. It's some eras, I guess it's, it's fashionable to be on the, be on the ESPN bus just on this one. I, I don't know. I just felt like they, they they found the right tone and with an incredible degree of difficulty. Game, yeah, from the game broadcast all the way into the into the into the studio and um and they should be you know they should be praised f for that within the larger framework of it really doesn't matter obviously given um uh, you know sort of against the. Uh, what is going on right now with Damar Hamlin inside that uh, that hospital? But I did want to at least sort of just uh, address this as best we could in um, in real time. One last thing, and I because I, I sort of focused on him, Chad. So I, I'll give you the last word on this. You know, Booger McFarlane like was ridiculed massively, right, for the crane and being an analyst mm -hmm. on there. He was in an impossible position. Do I think he was like a great like game analyst? No. Do I think he was bad? Eh, not really either. I think he was average. Like, certainly, you know, it was, <laughs> certainly was more notable than Jason Witten and some other right. people. But again, like, you know, they, they put him in that in an impossible position that first year, and the, the, the die was cooked. You know, once you become a Twitter joke, like, you, you, you can't come back from that. And so what was cool to me, because I, I, I like Booger McFarlane, I, I like him personally, and I like him on air. And I just, I don't know, I, I, I was happy that he was at least given a forum where he showed, I think, many, many people who may have only sort of thought of him as the guy from the crane, just like what a really thoughtful uh, analyst he can be, or he is. And, um, and I'm glad he was on the air. I think his nickname works against him a little bit, you know? Yeah, because you think of like, right, you think of, I don't know, you, in, some, in some ways you're trying to think of, you think of like a, like a, you know, who's Art Donovan or some like crazy, goofy NFL guy, no, right? That's they want him, him to be Barkley, you know, but. Just... Yeah, that's not him. That's not, it's literally the opposite right. of personality. No, no. Him, I mean, right? yeah, I mean, I was thought it last night. Here's this guy nicknamed Booger was the, the most poignant, uh, thoughtful guy they have uh, talking right now, at least until Clark came on. And uh, he was really, yeah, one of the things that jumped out about him too was he would have this really thoughtful comment and it would end abruptly like he he couldn't go on it kind of felt like a little bit or um when he didn't have anything more to say he just stopped and it it led to some a couple of awkward pauses but i think they 
they kind of enhanced what he was saying in a way too. So he was, he was tremendous. And, um, he's a guy who deserves, uh, 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 more credit than he than he probably gets because of the way things started for him there in that Monday night booth. Yeah, um, I agree. And, Can I uh, say one more thing about Vin Pelt? Yeah, I think one yeah, of the absolutely. things, uh, just thinking this through as we're talking, one of the things um, why I think it worked is he, he's a guy who always shows empathy in that role. Uh, he's self-deprecating about himself uh, when something... Um, negative or sad happens or somebody's embarrassed you know he can joke about it but he, he he's not a, a make fun of somebody type of sports center host and i think uh, uh that gives some gravitas in situations like this or we've re- really never seen anything like this uh where the uh, sports center host has had to come on the air after like that and kind of fly by the seat of their pants when you don't really know anything. But I think his just natural inclination to treating people with kindness and thoughtfulness uh, really came through last night. Yeah. He, um, you know, the thing about Van Pelt that um, is something I've always admired is uh, he, how do I sort of say this? He's so comfortable in his own skin yeah. on television. He doesn't right? mind being and the joke a, because of that. The, well, I think I, I I remember he once on a podcast he once told me this. I'm going to mangle the line, but he is, is something to the effect of once once you control television, it never controls you again. I, I, I'm totally blowing the line, but the larger point was that like once you forget or once you stop become once you stop being so self aware that you're on TV or on camera, then you can be you. And at some point, great point. You know, over the course of all his reps, like that, he became that, and so he's just comfortable on air. He he's just him, and I think in, I think ultimately that has made him like likable and engaging to, to 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 people. Um, it's a different kind of comfort than like a lot of these other sports center anchors historically like have had, whether it's like Patrick Oberman or, you know, Kilbourne or whoever, like you, you know, name your Stuart Snark. Like, stylistically, he's, yeah, he's very different stylistically than all of those other people, but maybe what all those guys have in common, and obviously women too, Colbert would, yeah, would fit this right. as well, Hannah Storm. Like they're just comfortable on in front of the camera. Like the camera doesn't intimidate them. And, um, and I think that's, that's important for viewers. Like, you know, then you could sort of, it feels like you're talking to me um, at, at home, and, and that's, a, that's a skill, or maybe it's a learned skill. Um, Chad, I appreciate you coming on today. Um, you know, again, um, we're taping this. You, you, people will hear this probably, you know, around 4 o'clock uh, Eastern time. It's when it'll come out or something like that. And I appreciate my producer, Patrick Antonetti, you know, working extra today on this. Um, so there, there may be an update, obviously on um damar hamlin between the time or there will be an update by the time you know you listen to this and obviously we're just hoping and, and praying for the best but we did want to do something on uh, uh espn's uh espn's coverage uh chat so people know they if they if they check out the globe online you'll have a piece on this uh, as i yeah, did it should be up uh, fairly early this afternoon it's filed you never know <laughs> Excellent. All right, Chad. Obviously, you'll be back on soon enough, and uh, knock on wood, we'll be. Uh, we can talk about, uh, um, you know, Demar Hamlin on the on the sidelines, uh, you know, watching his team in the playoffs. 
Yeah, he was hoping it's something like that. Exactly. All right, Chad Finn, thank you very much. Thanks, Rich. Good talking to you. Uh, I, th- I appreciate Chad obviously coming on, um, you know, uh, on very quick notice. Thanks to Patrick, of course, for uh, putting this together. Um, you know, we, we there's another podcast this week with uh, Tara Sloan and Stephen Brunt, uh, two preeminent Canadian sports broadcasters. Um, hopefully, check that out. It's obviously very different than this one, but uh, but I did want to get something out on this topic because I, I know it was of great interest to. Uh, people. Thanks to everybody at Cage 13. Thanks, of course, Patrick Antonetti. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.